Welcome to Susan Harmon Experience, where we're having our special first of the month segment of Gold, Ghosts, and Geronimo. Hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Hey, good afternoon. Happy Friday. And uh, wow, this, uh, I think this is the first uh, one of these uh, new segments. So I'm interested right. to hear what it's all about. Well, we're um, we're starting a whole new thing. We're going to do it the first Friday of every month because we have the last Friday of every month reserved for our resident astrologer, Cheryl Hopkins. That's right. Uh, that's, uh, you know, always interesting. And so I started this whole new project, Gold, Ghosts, and Geronimo. <laughs> <laughs> so... Kind of from the name, you can tell uh, it's uh, it's it's about gold and uh, psychic information and uh, gold mining and uh, lost stories. You know, all through the Southwest, we have tales of of Spanish gold, of Montezuma's gold, of gold mines. Uh, we've got everything from uh, the lost Dutchman. You know, gold mines, all kinds of stories about that. And what I find fascinating is so much of this is around uh, caves. The Spanish, I mean, back in the day, back in the day, and I've, I've even traced it further back in the day, but back in the day, you know, the Spanish were stealing from the Aztecs and the, the Apaches were stealing from the Spanish and the Cowboys were stealing from the Apaches and the, you know, I mean, everybody was after everybody, you know, gold and uh, jewels and so forth. And we've, you know, we've had on the show, we've talked about uh, Dot Noss and uh, Victoria Peak uh, that is on the White Sands Missile Base now. It was there first, but then the Army took over uh, the White Sands Missile Base. But it isn't just uh, in New Mexico, even though there's a lot of places in New Mexico that are very interesting, uh, all involving caves and so forth. And, I, and I've looked at uh, the whole uh, the whole Southwest in terms of um, uh, there is uh, um, there are caves. This was the bottom of an ocean, okay. And so when the water withdrew. There were caves everywhere, um, all through Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Idaho. If you look, at, you can see, you know, how that went. Um, and we're finding out it's not just the Spanish, the conquistadores that came uh, to this continent. We're seeing that it may possibly been Phoenicians as well. I find that fascinating, don't you? Yeah. The, I mean, we're talking a lot of uh, a lot of world traveling that uh, people are unaware uh, have happened. That's true. Yeah, we knew we know that Vikings <laughs> came here. You know, uh, pre, that's right, pre-Spanish, and uh, so. I bet there was a lot more than we know of. A lot more, and I've been tracing down a lot of those stories. But one of them is right here in my backyard uh, in uh, Wickenburg. Uh, Wickenburg, I'm, I'm about, oh, 30, 40 minutes away from Wickenburg. And uh, I have invited on to the show today a guy that is just amazing. Um, he... Uh, uh, well, hmm, five generations in gold mining. Bubba, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yourself? You're just great. Um, Bubba Drescher, he has uh, been um, five generations. Your family has been in gold mining, and you're a prospector yourself right now. That's true, and I am. You know, you um, and you have told me some things fascinating stories uh, you know I, I wanted to do a little bit of a background on some of the things that uh, that you did you told me about how your grandmother told you that when she was a little girl she went with your great-grandmother and taking supplies to the miners yeah so uh, my great-grandmother uh, used to ride around with her mother and they used to supply all the miners 
up in the Stanton Rich Hill area. Mm-hmm. And uh, they used to uh, basically carry, uh, they had picks and shovels, but the main supply that they had on board was water. Kind of important out in the desert? Definitely, because we are very scarce as far as water here in Arizona. Right, and so and so, having a good source of water uh, is essential to survival. We need water. Gotta have water. Gotta have water. And you know, I, um, one of the things that fascinates me, you know, I often start this show talking about news. I'm going to do it at the end of the show today. Uh, you have. You've been very kind to take uh, time away from the job you're doing to to talk to me on the air, and I really appreciate that. Um, you told me some things that were very, very interesting to me, and you talked about uh, calling a, a cave. You said you called a cathedral. Well, what is what distinguishes an ordinary cave from a cave that's called a cathedral? Well, basically, like you were saying, when the oceans were up, they created these little uh, pockets inside the uh, rock faces, which was known as a cave most of the time. Um, but a cathedral was definitely different because it had spiritual beliefs to the area. And the uh, Spanish used to have very, very uh, few areas that were cathedrals. Okay. But in the Wickham... Wickenburg area, we have actually, there are two cathedrals in the Stanton Octave area, and one of them has been located. Okay. Well, what, what would be, what would be placed in, in a cathedral? Why is it, why is it of any importance, and why is it distinguished from another cave? Well, it was more along the line of the uh, spiritual beliefs you know, that okay. the cathedrals were. Um, so it was it was more of a sacred area to them, um, not a very well-known area, very hard to access, um, and unseen from any other mountaintops in the area. So All right, so... basically... Go ahead. Go, no, 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 go ahead. They were basically... So basically what it boiled down to is the cathedrals were the... Uh, the sacred areas that the Spanish uh, knew that nobody could access very easily, um, well hidden, just kind of one of those areas that they, it, it was close to their heart. Okay. So what would one find in, inside uh, a cathedral? Well, inside the cathedrals, first of all, you're going to find a booby trap. Every cathedral has got a booby trap in the area um, right at the access point. Um, but they would have contained lots of valuable things, maybe uh, some gold that might have been uh, high-graded from somewhere, um, you know, kind of the things that the uh, Spanish held close that they figured uh, uh, they had trailers uh as they called them. So, like, uh, what it was is they'd have a group of Spanish coming up at the tail end, and they would basically open these caverns up and remove the contents to move them to an, the next location. But okay. in that area, they never really got back to this area because of uh, just kind of like the, the Indians in... Uh, you know, the people in the area, they never really made it back here to retrieve the contents of the cathedrals. Because, so uh, it, it, what, did it become hostile for, for them to, to get back here? I mean, was that, was that the issue, or, uh, you, or, or we don't know why? We don't know why. Okay. But they just weren't a um, able to come back. The people who knew where to find them were no longer existed or, or whatever. Yeah, so they just never made it back. I don't know if they bypassed Arizona or what the, uh, the theory behind it was, um, but all contents were basically left, uh, left behind, you know, covered up, 
so that the modern person is not able to locate them. Well, but you talked. Years, to... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you said over the years. Over the years, little bits of information have been released. Uh huh. And it has basically drawn a board for us of what to expect, what we need to look for. And it was just everybody basically put the puzzle together is what they did for these cathedrals to be found. Well, you you had mentioned something to me about markers. Uh, they were, you know, in the forms of birds or, or uh, Gila monsters or, uh, you know, different things that pointed the way to things. Uh, do, do those markers have anything to do with the cathedrals or are they just showing uh, the, the route to take or, or what? Most of the markers were a trail marker, which would uh, tell you whether it was like a king's trail or a peasant trail. Um, but they did have distinguishing markers for the actual uh, cathedrals. Okay. Um, which basically the... Only way I can really explain it is if you're looking at the flat side of a cliff and it almost looks like there's a overhang like a porch. Uh-huh. That was generally your cathedral entrance. Okay. But they always had a flat rock over the top side of it, uh laying horizontal so that uh you could actually tell in a sense that it was an entrance if you were uh, knowing what you were looking for. Right, right. Um, and and so that would be, but they knew what to look for. And, and, and did you, how did you figure out what, what, what distinguished uh, uh, a, a different uh, kind of marker? I, you know, what, what the signs were? Well, I had studied some books on the uh, Spanish symbols and signs. Um, okay. But that gave me no clue to the uh, location of the cathedral. Uh-huh. The cathedral uh, location was actually handed down to me by my great-grandmother that knew uh, where the locations of these two cathedrals were in our area. Well, it's my understanding that there may be spirits guarding uh, these and that uh, that some people are allowed to see it and others are not. That they, they, that was what? I said, could you repeat that? It was hard to hear you just now. Oh, okay. Um, I understood that there were spirits guarding of uh, this stuff. I mean, it wasn't just gold in, in there. There was uh, other turquoise. Uh, there were tools, you know, uh, various things that were put in there. And, and like you said, they were they intended to come back and get them, but they couldn't. But that there were, and because of the spiritual aspects of it, only certain people would be allowed to come into that. Like people would maybe if they found it, couldn't find it again because their, their memory would be blurred or, or something of that sort. Does it, yeah. does that, is that the same thing in, in the Wickenburg uh, uh, cathedrals as it is in some of the, the caves in New Mexico that I've looked into? Yeah, so basically your average person without any knowings would not be able to find the locations of these cathedrals. Uh-huh. Um, it was going to more be your uh, your people that have probably been handed, uh, handed down information that's been passed up to them through the generations. Right. Because now, nowadays, you know, they've, they've, there's a lot of mines and stuff that have been covered up, uh, superstition area by the Apache Indians that's in sacred burial grounds. Right, they will right. protect that to the fullest. They will not let any uh, anybody come in and open that mine hole back up because of the sacred being a burial ground. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, you gave me the uh, the the name and number of 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 a uh, gentleman, and uh, I did call him, and he boy, he had a lot of information, had a lot of information, and he himself is uh, half Apache. And uh, he he talked about how only the Apache know, 
you know, where the location of these things are. Yeah, and you know, it's it's going to be your Indian tribe, basically, that uh, is going to know the exact locations. And it's you have some that keep it quiet. You have others that might possibly give up a location. It just depends if they consider you family or not. Right. So it's it's really in terms of of their heart and where they feel that you're coming from uh, to to be involved in this. Yes, it had not like anybody that was greedy. Yeah, I uh, that was one of the things that in my psychic uh, search on some of the stuff in in uh, well uh, Victoria Peak in in New Mexico and and another cave in New Mexico that that I've located uh, you know and found was that the thing that prevented uh, treasure quote unquote from being found was greed. Uh, I know that uh, the stories that we can tell about Victoria Peak that there are that there was a large amount of gold taken out of there. I'm going to talk about that on a, a later show. Uh, we're going to discuss how uh, a man who was stationed there. He's quite old now, but he was stationed there and he saw and participated in removing a large amount of gold and shipping it someplace else where it was called something else. Uh, we're going to talk about all that on another show, not today, but, but it's fascinating. Uh, but I've also been told that that's not all that there was, that there was a lot more that the Army didn't get, uh, which I find fascinating. But in Wickenburg, it's almost as though, I mean, I had never heard anything at all about it. I'd heard about the Lost Dutchman mine. I thought, oh, that's that's ridiculous. And then I heard the story of how the walls were uh, covered with arsenic. And you and I talked about this. <laughs> it was so funny because uh, you said that that they that they that they used something, the Indians used something that uh, prevented them from uh, being poisoned by the arsenic. And yeah, we they, talked. Go ahead. I was going to say yes. They definitely would have had to use something to keep away from the arsenic. Yeah, and and we one of the things we talked about was uh, was a plant that's thistle. But thistle is an invasive plant here. It was brought by the Europeans. So I'm wondering if in terms of maybe that was only used by the Apache after they were stealing the gold from both the Spanish, you know, and, uh, well, it would have been mainly from the Spanish, would you, would you say? I would venture to say that it was mainly for the Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not mined. Now, I know you do a lot of mining, and you've talked to me about, uh, you know, mining for gold, and, you know, it's quite intense work. Yes, it's, uh, you know, I tell people you could get your uh, average job minimum wage. Most people will do better off with a job versus gold mining. It's definitely a lot of work. <laughs> You go from an eight-hour shift with a normal job to gold mining, which now turns 14 to 16-hour days uh, to make the same amount of money that you would with a minimum wage job. But it's more fun. <laughs> yeah, if your heart's into it, you know, it's definitely going to be a lot more fun, you know, and it's not considered work if you're having fun. <laughs> right, right. I mean... <laughs> You talked about going out in the woods with your with your bicycle and your what when you were eleven or twelve and pulling your uh, your little uh, uh, wagon behind you. Yeah, I definitely uh, take off on my bicycle and I fill my wagon full of dirt and uh, I come back and pan it out in the horse trough until great grandpa seen where all my dirt was going and then I had to find a new spot to pan. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't real excited about you using the horse trough, right? <laughs> no, not one bit. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's water. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was young. I didn't know any better, you know, but uh after that I found out that, you know, 
horses drink that water, and if they get enough uh, sand in their gut, you know, then they call it on them. And, uh, you know, it, it was definitely explained to me why I didn't do that anymore. Yeah. So what, 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 how did you pan your gold then? Um, he had an, uh, one of those uh, old bear claw tubs that used uh-huh. to sit outside, and I'd fill that full of water and pan into that. That was, it's in so your blood. It is in my blood. I mean, it's it's almost as though you can't help yourself. True. I have a gold pan on me 24-7, and there's times I stop on the side of the road just to check to see if there's gold and dirt. <laughs> yeah, you told you know, me uh, what it was that you looked for, uh, and, 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 and you told me the difference in hitting bedrock uh, and and all, and I think that's fascinating. Can you can you tell our audience something about that? So when I go out gold mining, what I look for in our general area here is the round river cobble. Um, you know that if a rock is round, that it has traveled some distance to get round, like a basketball, baseball, right? Um, versus rock that's sharp. Rock that's sharp basically fragmented off, and it lays in place where round rock has traveled. Okay. So what we do is we'll pull up some of this rock down to see if we've got uh, what the heavies are on the bottom of the pan, which is usually iron and gold. And, uh, you know, that's that's how we find the gold in this local area. But we do have lots of load mines, which is going to be your fractured rock, and you'd be looking inside that for specks of gold or crushing that down so fine that it's like flour, and then you'd pan that out to see the gold content in the load rock. That's kind of like taking a pan and, and swishing it with the water, and, and the gold separates out from the uh, other, the gold dust from the, 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 uh, the rock. Is that- yeah, because when it's in water, it's uh, everything's based off specific gravity. So your heavier material is going to sink to the bottom of your pan faster than your lighter material. And we got to make sure that all that material is moving in your pan really well. It's what we call strata, uh, stratifying. Right. And then that basically separates your gold and your blonde uh, sands, all your junk material. So if you can if you can locate the cathedral, that's uh, what billions of dollars worth of uh, gold and jewels and so forth. Yes, it's going to be. I would say it's probably well over the billions range uh, in today's market. Uh, years ago, back in the uh, 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s. There was an estimated about three billion dollars uh, worth of valuables inside this cathedral, and today's market is going to be well above that. So, if somebody were to find that, you know, they're going to be taken care of the rest of their life and many generations to come. To well, the lucky person as it locates it. Well, would would other would other entities uh, have a claim to it? I mean, like the state of Arizona or uh, uh, Indian groups, or you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Would any would any other entities have a claim on it? Well, by law, an entity uh, amongst that should have a uh, a hand in it, but. We're talking about some greedy people out here. So if somebody finds it, chances are they're going to keep it quiet. They'll smelt the gold into their own bars and uh-huh. they'll sell it on the black market. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would that would probably be a way because I've heard so many stories about the uh, lost Dutchman, and I and I was fascinated by the fact that the Dutch uh, came up through uh, up here from Chile before the Spaniards came I I, I yeah. never knew anything like uh, anything like that yeah you, you know, know certain things like that uh, there's been a little bit of discussion through the family about that that the Dutch were first before the Spaniards and that the Spaniards were the second ones through 
Yeah, and and initially the Apache had no issue with uh, the the Spanish, the Mexicans, the Americans. Everyone seemed to be, and then for some reason, everybody didn't like each other anymore. We have that nowadays. <laughs> you noticed, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I often wonder how that how that happens, but uh, you know all of these stories are fascinating, and I do see why people are interested in finding, uh, uh, you know, this sort of thing when you when you think of, well, I can take care of my family for the rest of their lives, and uh, that would be a really nice thing to have happen. Yeah, it'd be like hitting the lottery, you know. Definitely, definitely like hitting the lottery. So, I mean, if you buy lottery tickets uh, every every week, you know, uh, why is that any different than uh, going out treasure hunting? There's a, less work in buying a lottery ticket, but you think of, well, there's work in uh, going out and, and hunting for this. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think anybody does it for money, I think they do it because the, the adventure. There's always you know. an adventure in gold mining. It's fascinating, isn't it? It surely is. It's definitely a passion of mine. Well, I know that uh, you have a prospectors club. Uh, you're very interested. You take people out on tours. If somebody wanted to get hold of you to uh, to maybe take a tour. You know, uh, how would they do that? Um, the, the name of my prospecting club is Dilly Dilly Prospecting Club. I'm located in Wickenburg, Arizona. And uh, they can contact me by cell phone. I've got a, a website up that they can actually uh, find the phone number. They can come in and visit us in person, um, kind of get a little explanation of what we do when we take people and uh, see if it's something that they're interested in. Well, I think the Dilly Dilly Prospecting Club uh, in Wickenburg, Arizona, is fascinating. Uh, I think that gives people a, a taste of of, uh, of adventure. Uh, you know, probably they would enjoy it more in October than in August. Uh, <laughs> you know, you don't get a lot of people in the summer, I'm sure, and you and and with COVID, you're probably not getting uh, very many people either. No, there's a lot of people that are staying home right now with everything going on. Um, but we we do have our diehards in the area that are still out prospecting. Cub, cub heat wave or no, they'll prospect, right? Correct. It could be 120 degrees out. I'm still out there digging. It does not slow me down. I just learned to pack more water with me. <laughs> well, you know, you've, you've lived here your whole life. And, uh, you know, you, you know, the area, you know what you're doing. And, uh, I think you have a lot of knowledge. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by the stories you've told me. And I, I'm just, <clears throat> I'm just so delighted that you took time out to talk to me today. Cause I know you have a, another job that you're doing and it's, uh, it was very kind of you to uh, go on the air with me. And I, I know we'll talk again. But this is fascinating. Is there anything uh, that uh, we didn't cover that you'd like to uh, to say? Um, no, I think you've kind of covered a lot of it. You know, I just want to thank the listeners that are out there. I want to thank you for having me on your radio show today. Uh, you know, and anytime I can hand out knowledge that's been handed down to me, I'm always more than happy to uh, help people out. Well, I uh, I appreciate that. We'll have you back again, and um, you go and have yourself a good day. Get back to work, and <laughs> thank you for taking the time to talk to us. You're very welcome, you know, and thank you for this opportunity. Thanks, Bubba. Well, Eric, um, that was fascinating. Uh, we're we're going to take a short break now. Uh, and then we will come back with more interesting news uh, I'd like to discuss. Usually we begin our show uh, talking about uh, current events and what's going on. 
But I wanted to get Bubba on right away and, and talk about, you know, Gold Ghosts and uh, Geronimo. And uh, he has a lot of knowledge. It's, it's fascinating. If, if you're interested in gold at all uh, and you want to take a prospecting tour, he's, uh, he's the guy to go see. Uh, come to Phoenix, uh, check it out. Wickenburg is just a just a hop and a skip from uh, from uh, Phoenix, and um, he has a lot of knowledge. Um, I uh, think it's just a tip tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Uh, there's so much more to to discuss. I'm fascinated by the fact of the travel that Phoenicians. When I s- saw that. Uh, they said Mayans were down in in Florida, and then someone said Aztecs. And I started reading more and investigating it more, and I'm I'm looking at evolved civilizations of way long time ago, and 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 the different view of gold, gold compared to how the Europeans looked at it as power you know, and, and all this, and gold in, in spiritual terms is a very different sort of thing. And I firmly believe that a lot of this gold, especially Montezuma's gold, not all of this is, uh, this is uh, the Spaniards taking it uh, uh, north, uh, but there's also Montezuma taking it. So we'll be looking uh, at as this show goes on, Gold Ghosts and Geronimo, we'll be looking more and more at more interesting things. The 8,000 men that uh, Montezuma sent north with treasure uh, because they said they came from the north. Fascinating stuff. Absolutely fascinating stuff. I, I've talked to so many people that uh, have stories to tell, and they're really exciting, interesting things. And there might just be gold involved, too, but not gold in terms of what greed, but gold in terms of what is the spiritual benefit of gold. Uh, there's a story of in South America that the El Dorado uh, is not a place but is a person. And that is another fascinating story for a later date. Right now, we're going to take a short break, and I'm going to come back and discuss, uh, well, let's see, let's just say 150 lies uh, about our veterans and uh, taking care of our veterans. I'm going to talk uh, about that for the rest of the show, because although I'm a peace activist, have been in the past, continue to be, and will continue to be that. I do not dislike our veterans. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, I, I I think that the only boy. We should respect everybody for who they are as people. I respect these people. I think that I should be honored for being a peace activist, as well as as the people that aren't. But if you put certain human beings in harm's way, the least you can do is take care of them when they come back to this country after they have gone and served this country in a way. And my personal opinion is they've served a corporate few, uh, but uh, that's for them to find out themselves on their own. I'm not going to disrespect them as human beings. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And uh, yes, There are 180,000 deaths from COVID, not 9,000, as some idiots believe, uh, you know. So we're going to talk about those two things. Uh, And I disagreed with John McCain on so many things, but that was an honorable man. And I'll be darned if anyone is going to tarnish his reputation or his thing. I disagreed with him on policies, vehemently disagreed. But I never thought of him as a dishonorable person. And it infuriates me for someone to lie, well, at least 150 times about this very subject. So stay tuned. You are listening to Susan Harmon Experience. 
From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available. Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left. Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206 206- 6-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. COVID-19 is a severe lung infection. Trust the American Lung Association for science-based public health information, especially for the 36 million Americans who live with lung disease. We have resources to protect your lung health access expertise from medical professionals, and peer-to-peer support through our online communities. Visit lung.org for daily updates or call 1-800-LUNG-USA. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed for the first time Dr. Drayvon James, founder of Everyday Peace. Her goal is to educate, empower, and inspire others to build the life of their dreams no matter what shows up, good, bad, or otherwise. On Saturday, we spin the platters as we play DJs for a day with Labor Day music as we take a break from our working life. Bringing you mastery and mystery one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Well, I've been searching for a heart of gold. This is Susan Harmon and the Susan Harmon Experience returning from talking about gold to yeah, talking about... fascinating opening segment today. I'm looking Did forward. you like it? Yeah, yeah. I think this will be a cool addition to the program. Uh, so you're going to be doing this, The is this the first Friday of every month? Yeah. For the foreseeable yeah. future? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the foreseeable future. Just like, you know, our our fracking thing ran its course. <laughs> Although fracking hasn't run its course. Right. But, you know, our reporting on that, just, you know, we'll do it till we don't. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. No, it'll be something for people to look forward to. I think you're covering some interesting ground there. Yeah, I um, just... Um, I got a petition. I'm going to start with that, and then I'm going to move because it'll move right into uh, the Veterans Choice Health Care Program and and so forth. Which, by the way, John McCain and Bernie Sanders authored uh, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie Sanders and John McCain didn't agree on on a lot of things, but they had respect for each other. Sure. And what is wrong with that? We have got to get back to where where we where, where we're dealing with one another. Uh, Work together on the things that we can see eye to eye on. Yes, yes, and disagree without being uh, nasty. Right. I mean, Trump, if you don't uh, if you don't do uh, be loyal to him, he'll never be loyal to you. But if you're not loyal to him, he will eat you alive. He will go after you with everything he has, no matter how big or how small you are. Yeah, and he's not loyal to anybody. No, no. And uh, I, it was very interesting, too, that uh, uh, this friend of Melania's has been making the, the rounds talking about uh, how Melania and Ivanka uh <laughs> don't see eye to eye and how Ivanka wanted to be next to her father, uh, in all the things that, that were, that were happening. It's, it's a little weird, you know, um, the family is strange. 
Um, well, there's nothing not weird about the relationship between Ivanka and Donald. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I don't want to speculate. Well, we're not speculating by using his own words that where he said that uh, he, he thinks uh, Ivanka is very sexy and he'd be dating her if he wasn't uh, her father. You know, these kind of comments that are strike most of us as being pretty inappropriate and pretty creepy. Uh, yeah, uh, most of us. And in one way, you can say, well, you know, he, he thinks that, that she's a beautiful woman. Uh, I, you know, I, I can see a father saying, my, well, my daughter is a very beautiful woman, you know. Sure, but it's But the way he to... says it, yeah, yes. it, it, he sexualizes it. Yes. And that's, there's a fine line there between, I have an absolutely gorgeous daughter, you know, da, 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 she's f- fantastic. And the sexualizing of it and the fact that Right, you usually she, don't talk about your child as having the best body. No, right. not usually. Um, I mean, you may, you know, say, well, you know, good, good looking body, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the way, he, you know, how many times have you said, well, it's not what they said, it's how they said it. There's a creepiness to it. I mean, that's all I can say. Um, but when when in Donald, his, his case, it's both what he said and how he said it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so when when he says he did more for soldiers, uh, the troops, uh, you know, all military, than uh, McCain. When he said he did more than McCain, when he laid claims to a hundred and fifty times, he said he d- signed the Veterans Choice Health Care. Program which that is was false. signed, which is patently was, false. Signed by signed by Obama in 2014. In 2014, yes. And it was written mainly by McCain and Sanders. Mm-hmm. You there's there's your uh, bipartisan yes. working. We did that under Obama. Uh, you know, uh, now. And what's crazy about it is there's not like there's nothing left to do to help veterans help our soldiers. If he actually wanted to have some accomplishment under his belt that he could brag about, he could work with the Congress and get something done to, you know, streamline the VA. He doesn't care. He thinks that they're all losers. Didn't he just say that, that they're all losers? Well, there's a, a report in the Atlantic that uh, yes. claims that he said that uh, fallen soldiers were losers and suckers. Yes, and that right. he uh, try banned uh, handicap uh, soldiers um, from participating in military uh, parades and exercises because he said that nobody would want to see that. And I'm you know, paraphrasing I, I his take words personal here. offense. Yeah. I'm sorry. I take personal events, uh, offense at that. You know that Alder's husband, Eddie, is a vet who lost his hands mm-hmm. in Iraq. Okay? It's extremely offensive. And, of course, he's claiming that he didn't say that. But if you look at what is on recording, like the the way he talked about John McCain, as you mentioned, it's very in line with everything that he said in the past. It rings true to his character. Listen, McCain was a prisoner of war who could have been released and wouldn't go because they wouldn't release the other men. I don't know how anyone cannot understand what it is like to be a prisoner of war and to be tortured and knowing because your father was an admiral and your grandfather was an admiral that you can get out of it and you didn't do it because you said the other men needed to be set free the same as you. You don't know, have any idea what courage that takes. Now, I may not agree with his bomb, bomb, bomb Iraq at all. I don't. But I respect and honor John McCain. And for this little creep. Now, listen, a lot of people objected to the Vietnam War and didn't serve. And I have 
magnificent love and all for them. So I don't hold it against somebody because they didn't serve, because they had beliefs that the war was wrong. I still believe it was wrong. Sure. But for— But Donald Trump yeah. didn't do it because he was rich. And he was lazy. I, you know, and I remember at the beginning of the Iraq war at the uh, Republican convention when they interviewed the young Republicans and they said, well, are you going to enlist, you know, when, when, when we go to war? And they said, well, no, we, we, we're, we're the elite. We don't do. They said that. They actually said that at the Republican convention. Well, well you know, well, no, there's the other people will go to the war. We don't do that. You know, John Biden is not my favorite choice, but I'm voting for him. You're darn right I'm voting for him. And I please, people, get out there and vote because I'm serious. That's the last threshold to keep our democracy. If you want a complete fascist state, then either don't vote or vote for Trump because that's what we'll have. We'll go strictly authoritarian government, and we will lose any chance of getting our democracy back again. Yeah, it's pretty weakened right now, but we still have a chance. And this is not to be taken lightly. This is serious stuff. You know? So he said this, and at the same time, I just got, have you, have you heard about the people affected by the uh, burn pits in Iraq? Uh, actually, no, this is okay. Well, okay. Let me t tell you about this. So there were, they, they built these burn pits and they, uh, they poured, uh, uh, Air, airplane fuel and so forth on them. And, uh, okay, let me just find this here and I'll read you. Um, they've caused uh, tremendous pe uh, people have, okay, let me start over here, sorry. All right, the military paid private companies like Halliburton and KBR billions of dollars from taxpayers' funds to burn human waste, aerosol, styrofoam, medical waste, biohazardous materials, body parts, trucks, and explosives in Iraq and Afghanistan. Then troops got sick and started dying. It's haunting and it's a reminder that these forever wars have long-lasting consequences. And for every soldier returning with horrific health defects, there are untold numbers of service members who continue to be subjected to burn pits and toxic smoke to this day. The Department of Defense and the VA must acknowledge the reality and gravity of the prob problems toxic chemicals from burn pits have caused and take immediate action to end the use of burn pits once and for all. So you've got veterans coming back that they've been exposed to this, this toxic fumes and they are really sick. I mean, they've got major physical problems. They're fighting for health care and accountability the same way. The government sent them into harm's way. And I began this program talking about if you take, if you send people into harm's way, you have to take responsibility for those people. You can't call them losers and, and all kinds suckers. of names. Suckers. Yeah. You know, you have to take care of them. Okay. So you can't, oh God, I just have such a hard time with this. I swear. I, I, you know, sometimes, some days I go in and I read this stuff and I have to go back on, on, on to, back on to YouTube and look at little pictures of kittens and puppies because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I got to have a break. Um, so I am really, I'm signing this petition. If you're in the sound of my voice, and you can sign this petition to help these veterans with uh, being exposed to these toxic. And I, I absolutely hate Halliburton. And I'm wondering if Halliburton isn't one of the companies that's uh, going to build the wall. I mean, you know, not the money that was raised by private funds that uh, they've all put in their pockets. Uh, you know, <laughs> does the corruption never stop? Well, no, it doesn't. Because there are still all these people that believe Trump. When he said that 
the CDC put out a new report and there were only 6% of all reported deaths, which is a little over 9,000 some odd, are COVID caused. No, it said there aren't, there, there are other causes. When they do a death certificate, they have to say, uh, if you had pneumonia, if you had that, but was there an underlying cause of of COVID? So they can test after the person is dead even to see if they had COVID. Right. All right. So if you had COVID and a result of COVID was pneumonia, it's just like uh, uh, AIDS. You know, you may have had uh, pneumonia, but it was a, the underlying cause of you getting that was AIDS. The underlying cause of you getting pneumonia or respiratory failure is COVID. Right. So to say that that there was there's a small percentage of people that didn't have those those other symptoms, mm-hmm. but they still had COVID, and that's what they died from. It doesn't mean that all these people that had other symptoms as well didn't have didn't die of COVID. Right. So to take this. And and run with that, and I just got into a terrific argument, uh, and I I um, I forget what I quoted. And we're at one hundred eighty-seven thousand cases. One hundred eighty-seven thousand today, or one hundred eighty-seven thousand yeah. deaths, I should say. Cases were at six point seventeen million. Yeah, uh, we're number one. So yeah. So people that think this is, I keep hearing that. Still, people are spreading the misinformation that it's like an average yep. flu year, which is yes. incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. Yeah. Uh, the governor of Arizona has uh, d- done this about uh, flu shots and uh, so forth as though uh, as a distraction. It's almost as though, well, then if we take the flu, we won't get COVID. Take the flu shot. Yes, you will. The flu shot, flu and COVID are two separate things. That's They're right. both viruses. They're viruses, but they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not doing that. So um, he continually lies, and nobody calls him on it. And I kind of get irritated with the the mainstream uh, media. They should be better informed. And as soon as he tells a lie, and instead Hill could turn around and walk out, so he doesn't. He can avoid it. Why are you so stupid that you can believe a guy who lies 150 times about one thing and you know that it's true? Don't tell me you support the troops. And if you're a veteran and you support Trump, why don't you just slice your own throat? Because that's what you're doing. Because he doesn't care about you. He does not care about you. Clearly. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. No. He, and, and I don't even think he likes himself very much, but uh, that's the way it is. So we're not going to end the show on as happy a note as we like to. Uh, well, I mean, there are positive things on the horizon. We we do have an election coming up, and uh, Get out there people and can vote. vote and change things. There is no more important thing that you can do right now than vote. You have got to get out there and vote. Uh, and then change the stupid electoral college. But we should have. You had four years to do that, and you haven't done it. I don't understand don't, that either. Don't vote twice, as uh, <laughs> Trump has tried to encourage his followers to do, uh, because that is illegal. Yeah, yeah, you get to vote what? And wrong. We get one one vote, but do do vote and. Uh, doing it early would be a wise thing with all the stuff that's happening with the post office. That's right. And I say that while you're filling out your ballot, that you dance. Hey, there you go. Hey, yeah. <laughs> keep on dancing. <laughs> <laughs>